This is Upfront, written by James Hall, Editor-in-Chief. A Silver Lining. This article is read from the July-August 2020 issue of Bassmaster Magazine, the worldwide authority on bass fishing. If people concentrated on the really important things in life, there'd be a shortage of fishing poles. Although this decades-old quote by American journalist Doug Larson was no doubt aimed at an overblown crisis of his day, there is truth in these words that highlights our present. I believe that Larson was just not talking about the act of fishing, but the relationships built while participating in the sport and keeping our souls connected to the great outdoors. As Americans wade through shutdowns, quarantines, stay-at-home orders, and joblessness, it appears that the really important things in life are coming into focus. Allow me to explain. For the first time in 10 years, Iowa saw an increase in fishing license sales. Not just a slight increase, but a jump of 55%. New York experienced an increase of 30%. Resident fishing license Sales in Vermont are up more than 50%. Minnesota, a state that already had a tremendous number of active anglers, experienced a 60% increase in residential fishing license. Georgia is up 21%. Louisiana up 53%. North Dakota up 37%. Texas 39%. And Alabama, my home state, is up 37%. The list goes on. But you get the idea. To me... This data represents a silver lining glimmering through the shadows of negative news that we have had to ingest the past four months. And for the record, I'm sick of bad news. According to the American Sport Fishing Association, there are roughly 40 million fishing licenses sold each year. Now, give or take a couple million. If there is an increase of just 20% in fishing participation, that adds an additional 8 million anglers to our fraternity. Of course, they will not all remain brothers of the water, but plenty will. The income and the passion they will add to our ranks can only improve our fisheries and strengthen our voice in conservation. As for the shortage of fishing gear, well... That seems to be happening as well. There has been an unprecedented demand for fishing products. Chris Golstad, Executive Director of Sales and Marketing for Pratco. We have noticed an incredible influx of new participants in fishing during the pandemic as we see our entry-level gear flying off the shelves. That said, our Yum Line, geared toward Advanced Bass Anglers has been selling like crazy as well. Dan Quinn, Field Promotions Manager at Rapala, agrees. The demand has been unbelievable. Our struggle has been keeping up with the demand because of social distancing restrictions at manufacturing and distribution plants. But I know a smaller rod manufacturer who is up 300% over last year. And according to a Fox News report on May 17th, A bait-and-tackle shortage hits as fishing soars in popularity due to social distancing. A stroll down the fishing aisle at my local Walmart confirmed this statement as there were more empty pegs than products dangling from them. 
But to take Larson's quote a little less literally, it is the benefit of what happens to us while fishing that is most important. Most of my lasting friendships have formed on the deck of a bass boat or on the banks of a lake or a river. Many life-changing discussions with my family were hashed out over the purr of an outboard in the background. The laughs, frustrations, and moments of success experienced while holding a fishing rod are innumerable. My hope is that there will be 8 million more moments of joy, friendships made, and families knit tighter during this time of uncertainty. Simply put, when this pandemic is well behind us, I pray there continues to be a shortage of fishing poles. Tack room here at the Rock and Star Ranch. What's up, old gray barn cat? Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to John Graves Kayak Fishing. I really do appreciate it. I've had some friends reach out to me and say they really do enjoy the uh, reading of the articles uh, out of the Bassmaster magazine. Um, I, I certainly enjoy doing it. Um, one of them is a long haul trucker. Uh, it's just nice makes the road traveling very easy for him keeps him active keeps him awake and uh big shout out to big jimmy the other one is um just a kayak bass angler a lot like myself and uh headed out to a early morning tournament at five o'clock in the morning driving down the road the the Bassmaster articles really got him uh, kind of pumped up for the tournament and uh so big shout out to uh chris uh thank you so much for um for um you know so in, you know giving me the the thumbs up on what i'm doing uh, it reflects back on a, a moment in time back in the 80s when I volunteered in a uh, place called uh, Radio Reading Services, downtown Cincinnati, Ohio. And we would uh, just go in this little studio down below the Masonic Temple there on uh, Fifth Street. And uh, we would just get in this little dark studio. We'd put the headphones on and we'd sit up in front of a microphone and we'd do things like uh, read this Cincinnati Enquirer, usually cover to cover. And that takes a little while to do that. But uh, it was a lot, it was rewarding um, knowing that the folks that wanted the, the, the news and wanted to be up to date in Cincinnati's news and wanted to know where all the action was and where the shows were being held and stuff, but didn't have the ability to read because they couldn't see the uh, newspaper. Um, that was very rewarding to me then. Just thinking about that is that's this is why I'm doing it for those who can't can't uh, see the newspaper to read it. But what I didn't realize until many, many years later when a friend of mine in conversation um, had uh, shared with me his experience with autism 
as he had a cousin who was very autistic. However, his autistic cousin was passionate about the radio reading services station and just was pinned to it and listening to it all the time. And so that really kind of opened my eyes to the um, just the simple readings of articles from different magazines, uh, the newspapers, how that can go out and really reach someone who at that specific time could really use it. Um, and now with the popularity of podcast, I thought, uh, you know, wow, one of these days it would be neat to put a podcast together uh, like radio reading services. But time went on and fast forward to a gentleman, which I'll just uh, call him by the name of Leo. And uh, I picked Leo up and uh, as we're driving down the road, I'm a Lyft driver. That's how I'm paying for this very expensive fishing habit. We got to talking about bass fishing. It's unique how I can really kind of, you know, get people into talking about fishing. Uh, I wish that I had the opportunity to put a camera up. I feel kind of shy about doing that and filming some of these fantastic things. But I, I look at that kind of as an invasion in a way, you know, people just want to get to work. But while you're going to work, it's amazing some of the fishing stories individual and very unique in themselves you can get out of these people and Leo was one of them however what Leo is suffering right now is um, a blindness and uh, only has maybe which he said 20% or so of his eyesight left you know and it's going quick and what he misses the most was reading the magazines and the articles like Sports Illustrated and Field and Stream and um, that made me think right then and there, I should just go back and just start reading a few of these articles from Bassmaster Magazine. Um, I've always enjoyed Bassmaster Magazine. Leo likes Bassmaster Magazine. We had uh, started a conversation about the Hook Bassmaster Kayak Tournament Trail, and I, I introduced him to that whole new world that's uh, getting ready to just explode with the kayak and the competitive bass fishing out of a, out of a, just a plastic watercraft like that. It's amazing that world's going to explode. So I was really excited to see Bassmaster put their official stamp of approval on kayak fishing. So that's where my energy's going right there. I had the opportunity to um, um, partake in the uh, KBF National Championship, which is going to be held this uh, coming weekend. Uh, I had uh, my golden ticket to that event. But um, in, in, sh in short, the reasons I'm not going there is one, the money. A little bit uh, over my budget uh, I probably have to end up spending about $1,500 to close to $2,000 to really get prepped for that, how I know I should be prepped. Number two, there's going to be a lot of anglers in that thing, and I am just not there yet. In Gunnersville, there's just a few public launches. Those public launches are going to be packed, and the 
to me, I, I think that the, the anglers that are going to really do well there are going to be the ones that can get up and go and move. And those are going to be the ones that have the motors on those kayaks. I have the Hobie Pro Angler Mirage. You can get up and move. But with that, the best bet you're going to get is five, six miles maybe. Uh, and trying to get that fish in. Gunnersville is a big, overwhelming lake, but there's fish to be had everywhere. Uh, you don't have to go far from some of those public launches to catch big quality fish, but with seven, eight hundred plus anglers that are qualified, even more, I think over a thousand anglers are qualified for that. Uh, I'm not sure how many is going to show up, but there's going to be a lot of them there. So. With my experience, the lack of experience, the lack of equipment on my kayak, and the lack of funds, that's why I'm not going to do the national championship this year. And I just hope to qualify for it again next year. But best of luck to everybody that's fishing the KBF national championship this weekend. Get out there, hammer them good. Gunnersville is one of the greatest fisheries in the nation, and uh, you're going to have a lot of fun. So that was really exciting for me to see uh, Bassmasters putting its name onto what's happening right now in kayak fishing. It's getting huge. The Hobie Bass Open Series, KBF, there's a lot of regional uh, tournaments that are going on sponsored by those regional uh, fishing clubs. It doesn't take uh, long to figure out where uh, one is it's just a quick Google search of your area and you're gonna find a uh, kayak fishing uh, Club out there somewhere. I'm here in southwestern Ohio uh, Cincinnati kayak fishing is a great place to start if you just want to uh, get in a kayak and get introduced into the sport without being very intimidated by showing up and seeing some of these wrapped vehicles. I mean, these guys are pros right now. You have some just elite anglers and pros themselves that are getting into these competitions. Uh, so it can get a little overwhelming if you're showing up with your three or $400 kayak and you're ready to bang it out. And, you sh and then all of a sudden you see, you know, these just beautiful kayaks show up with motors and anchor poles and, and uh, it's legit and it's getting there. It's getting very exciting, but don't get intimidated. So if you get into a, a club like Cincinnati Kayak Fishing here in Southwestern Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, uh, you're in for a great, great start. And from there, within those, the club, especially Cincinnati Kayak Fishing, there are some elite pros inside that club, but you would never know it. And that's how humble they are. You're just hanging out and you're having coffee next to one, you know, talking about fishing and come to find out he's a national champion. That happens right here. So, and everywhere. Uh, so that doesn't take long. So this sport is exploding. So it was very exciting for me, again, to see Bassmaster put their stamp of, of approval on it. Uh, I, I hope to keep reading uh, these articles and putting them out there, putting a little life to them. Uh, and I hope that you enjoy them. Uh, thank you so much for the support. I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of waiting for the cease and desist letter to come from Bassmaster, but I hope they enjoy it. I hope they know my intentions are uh, sincere and uh, true in, in what I'm doing. Giving these articles some life and getting them out to folks that 
at that point in time right now could really, really use them. Fish on, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to John Graves Kayak Fishing here on Anchor FM. On the Hook by Joe Sills. Chris Johnston, Peterborough, Canada. You're well known for being one of the handful of Canadian anglers on the Elite Series right now. Describe Canadian fishing culture for Americans who might not know much about the world north of the border. Believe it or not, in Canada, we have a three-month window for a tournament season, but we have a tournament in my area every weekend. There are a lot of tournaments with anywhere from 40 to 150 boats, but you aren't seeing big entry fees like you do here in the States. So even though we don't have the publicity and exposure like we do in the States, there are still a lot of tournament anglers in my area. And those tournaments are hugely competitive. Even if the payout is only 250 bucks or 500 bucks, it feels like the same kind of competitiveness you might get when, you know, people are fishing for $100,000 somewhere else. Your dad is an all-time tournament great in Canada. What fishing habits have you picked up that remind you of him? Well, that's tough. Uh, The fishing has changed so much from what he did back in the day. He did a lot of things differently, but one that has stood the test of time is fishing slower. I often have to remind myself to fish slower, and that's something he kind of bestowed on me. He also taught me that eliminating water is just as good as fishing new water because you don't waste your time fishing it during a tournament. Only a handful of people can say they fish against their brother at the highest level of bass fishing. What is your relationship like with Corey during competition week? It's more competitive than ever. We grew up being competitive and playing sports. At at the end of the day, if, if I don't win, I'd like to see him win it. But there's always bragging rights after the tournament. If I finish higher, I'm going to remind him every day for about a week, and he does the same. Like I said, it's very competitive. At the same time, we will compare notes about what we were catching them on. We want each other to do well. Let's talk about Ontario, Canada. It's a dream destination for a lot of anglers. What off-the-grid lakes should Americans be planning a trip to? There are thousands of lakes that don't even see many Canadians a year. Lake Simcoe is a great one though. It's world-renowned for smallmouth. You can catch 30 plus pounds for your best five in a day there. It's got to be one of the best smallmouth fisheries in the world. Well, Chris Johnston, by the numbers, he's age 31, total tournament 16. Classic appearances are one. Top 10 finishes are four. Times in the money are 15. Top 30 finishes are eight. Total weight is 691 pounds and one ounce, and his career winnings are $168,371. Scientific Angle by Joe Sills. Active angler Ed Loran has built a career on technology. It's part of how the 49-year-old Bassmaster Elite Series Pro maintains an edge on a younger field. When new electronics come out, you can bet that Loran is one of the first to master their uses. 
In 2012, Loran was one of the first men on the water to master Hummingbird's new 360 technology. Today, he's on the forefront of anglers leveraging the full power of the upgraded Mega 360 transducer that's almost completely changed the way tournament pros perceive the technology's applications. I'm an addict, and my name is Ed, he says laughing. I'm addicted to the 360. Blue Collar Breakdown Traditional downscan sonar has been around for decades. In its basic form, it's what old-timers simply called a depth finder. But around 15 years ago, sonar evolved from a downward-facing beam into a much broader format, side scan. Side scan suddenly expanded the view of our sonar readouts from a narrow vertical image into a not-quite-encompassing view of the bottom from either side of the vessel. What's less common, though, is a full 360-degree view of the target area. And that's what Hummingbird introduced in 2012. The breakthrough was a revolution, but Loran says Mega360 is in another ballpark. Now the image is crisp all around. You are able to see trees with greater definition. You know they are little Christmas trees someone dumped. On the rocks, you can clearly see which side of the rock the fish are on. Immediate impact. Rapidly evolving sonar technology has been the buzz of bass fishing world for the last several years. And while real-time sonar is available from competitors, nobody as of yet is matching Hummingbird's detailed 360-degree view around the boat. Watching a Solix with a mega 360-degree transducer in the water is like watching a bird's-eye view of the lake bed. Loran says that the ability is extremely valuable. You don't have to point a transducer at anything, he adds. You just sit there and it scans like radar. It's really a lot like underwater radar. You can see every bush around you and you can see it reliably. It makes fishing on the bottom almost like going down a bank and looking at trees because you're making good cast at targets you can see. Lorraine says the level of detail available with the Mega 360 feels almost like cheating. On a recent trip to Lake Eufaula, he was able to pinpoint not only bass but crappie as well, down to the direction they were facing and their exact position around structure and cover like stumps. With down imaging, you can idle around and make fan cast and eventually you'll probably find those stumps, but Mega 360 just makes you so much more efficient. The future forecast. Electronics have become as much a part of high-level bass fishing as the bait casting reel. Simply put, if you're not deploying at least some form of advanced sonar on your vessel, you're behind the pack. Even entry-level MFDs for most manufacturers include some form of side scan, but for now, the Mega 360 degree remains the only option for a globe-like view of the bottom. We can all scan with our side finders. We can all drop waypoints and turn around and know generally where to go, but even offshore, if you have the 360, you're not guessing. You know exactly where a rock or drop-off is. It makes you extremely efficient with the underwater cover. You can set rings to gauge whether things are 60 or 100 or 120 feet. 
and gauge your cast accordingly. With a little practice, it becomes second nature. According to Loran, Mega360 is a technology that he wouldn't enter an elite series competition without. I usually tell people it's, it puts, on average, one or two fish in the boat per day that I wouldn't have caught otherwise. But that's probably a gross underestimation. There have been entire tournaments that I lived by the 360 because it's just an unbelievable tool. And if you look closely at the front of many Elite Series Pro boats, you will realize that Loran isn't the only one who believes the Mega 360 gives him a competitive advantage. Scientific Angle Product Spotlight. Hummingbird's Mega360 Imaging took home a category award for the best in electronics at ICAST 2019, and it's easy to see why. The Mega360 transducer integrates seamlessly with Hummingbird Electronics and Minn Kota trolling motors. The independently mounted transducer features a hockey puck-like design that shoots a sonar signal up to 125 feet away from the boat. Its return can be viewed side-by-side -side with dual-spectrum chirp sonar or Lake Master mapping. And the unit is designed to be mounted to Altrex and Fortrex trolling motors. The transducer is compatible with Solix and Helix series fish finders using Hummingbird Mega Imaging Plus technology. The Mega 360 imaging systems for Altrex and Fortrex starts at $1,199.